Thank you, my sister Eunice. Um, thank you so much for the introduction. And thank you for the prayer. Uh, you didn't eat in any minutes. I think prayer is more important in the kingdom of God. It's one of the major values that we should hold together. So I thank you, thank you members for joining. I ask that the Lord uh, will speak to us in a special way, each of us, that we may be able to listen to his word, listen to his promise for us and um, what he has put on, on my heart. So I'll pray, King of Kings, I glorify you. I magnify your holy name. There's no one like you in all the earth. I worship you. I give you honor because you deserve it. I thank you for this platform that you put up for all of us to share your word and to feed on your word. Yes, distance is dead because you provided such platforms. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will open our hearts to listen to you. You'll open our hearts to feeding from your word, you'll open our hearts to worship you like we've not done before. I give you glory for everybody who is here, and I ask that we shall learn of your goodness in this kingdom. King of kings, I ask that you silence every other voice, and that you anoint my lips to speak that you have all of us to uh, feed on the King of Kings. Be glorified, be magnified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank the cathedral uh, for putting up this. I also want to thank all the, like we used to say, precurrent speakers all the way from 1st September. I mean, we've had uh, a good marathon of uh, uh, sharing from, you know, Aunt Joy, from uh, David, from Charity, from Baram, from Reverend Sam. All these ones talked about consecration and uh, they talked about uh, pursuing God. And I remember very well uh, the values and the conditions to be a consecrated vessel of God. I mean, I have really benefited all through yesterday. I think uh, uh, Reverend uh, the Provost uh, shared passionately about the conduct in the kingdom of God and uh, I, I was marveled at how all this, you know, works through uh, the same message, but delivered differently. I, I thanked God for that when I was meditating about it. It does not come uh, with ease uh, or with a humanly explanation that uh, all these people can be speaking about uh, the kingdom of God and consecration and with uh, scriptures which give homogeneity. But we are all understanding, you know, the concepts of the kingdom and consecration very well. Uh, I give glory to God for this revelation, and I pray that you raise many of us here up in all our scores of life. Uh, the, uh, Eunice said it pretty well. Our scripture is John eighteen thirty six. Jesus answered. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight 
so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. And uh, here we see Jesus, uh, I think, interfacing with uh, with uh, Pilate. I would love to read uh, uh, this the, the the verses before. I think that is John. Uh, I will open it up. John 18, so that we can know the context under which God, under which Jesus was uh, uh, responding to to Pilate. So John 18. I think I can begin from verses, I think, 20 or 28. Okay, I'll begin from 28. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled but they might eat the Passover. So Pilate then went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. I, I get shocked always when I read this verse. They couldn't even define why they were bringing him here. They were just uh, masquerading with the answers. Verse 31, then Pilate said to them, you, t- you take him and judge him according to your law, eh, the laws of this land. Even Pilate at this moment was not sure what he should do. Therefore, the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to part anyone to death, that, he, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of Jews? Jesus answered to him. Remember this moment in time, Jesus has been flogged, flowered, beaten, left, right, center. So I am putting myself in his feet when he's answering. Jesus answered him and said, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you, to, <laughs> did others tell you this concerning me? Certainly he was aware why they had brought him over here. So Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? There comes the verse. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So I I want to put myself in Pilate's shoes after, you know, being asked all these, all these, uh, uh, after being given all these, these um, responses. On the positive side, I find here an amazing summary of, of this passion of Christ. Jesus is proclaiming that he indeed is king, but not the sort of king who is liable to be organized by a really political like Pilate, not mere eyes of grace and anyone else. Yeah? He's not that kind of king who can be organized by this these day-to-day uh, leaders, if Jesus must sacrifice himself for the life of the world, he will do so because he's king anyway. And he knows what had brought him. And he must indeed sacrifice himself because his kingship in this scripture, which is both 
absolute, I think, and absolutely self-giving because he came for his, uh, you know, for atonement. And at this moment, he knew he would be dying. Um, he would inevitably draw a death sentence, of course, in front of the powers that be at that time. That was a uh, pilot. But it is equally important to organize that Jesus is not proclaiming some things. He's not saying that his kingdom is short-lived. No. He's not saying it's a short-lived internal religious experience. Like we see others come and go, we vote today, tomorrow, and five years later we vote again. Or, you know, the, and, uh, and uh, that kind of kingdom does not encroach on, you know, real issues like economic, political, social, no. But we see some versions of the, in this scripture like uh, NIV. It indicates that his kingdom instead is instead from another realm. His rule, like he himself, originates from heaven. So he's not here to be judged by these little, you know, pilots. But he has come to earth, and his kingdom is a real kingdom on this earth, more real than uh, the, the one of Rome, I think, at that time. I mean, the other day we were watching uh, uh, the queen being, you know, laid off. I, I watched Westminster Cathedral in a marvel. I don't know if others, because of the someone, I don't know. I was looking at that owner. I was looking at that power, that majestic kind of, you know, uh, feeling, you know, the order, everything is to script, like there's no mistake. I talked to myself, I mean, Jesus must have looked at how Rome was operating that time and uh, the people around, and they're thinking, okay, look at these people with their, you know, earthly uh, perspective of their power, riches, you know, glory here on earth in regards to the kingdom. So, He's trying to tell us that he's not like this. His kingdom come to us has a different set of operating principles. And we'll be looking at these and uh, as, as values, how do we, um, you know, uh, plug into these as Christians? How do we conduct ourselves? How do we uh, take charge of these values so that we actually are partakers, are citizens in this kingdom? It is powerfully at work within the world. I know it does not receive its marching orders from the present rulers of the world. No, it doesn't. Um, and Jesus doesn't, doesn't explain at, at that time what it means for his kingdom to be from another world. Yet, in the world, he himself is constructed. But he reveals to us some, some, some times later uh, I think uh, if we read uh, Revelations there, Revelations 21, Revelations 22, uh, where they talk about the new Jerusalem and down out of heaven. So Jesus' kingdom descends to take its rightful place. It's going to happen as the capital of this world, where all his disciples, you and me and everybody else, will find their eternal home. Hallelujah. Whenever Jesus speaks of eternal life in the scriptures, or the kingdom of God in these scriptures, uh, our creator is referring to the earth we inhabit now, transformed and perfected by the word and the power of God. When you think about values, um, what are values? Um, not a proverb or word, but I, I try to search out a, a standard definition. Um, these are principles 
or standards of behavior. Um, I think I was reading it somewhere. Yes, um, principles or standards of behavior or one's judgment of what is important in life. Therefore, you hold dear what is important in life. You don't jeopardize what is important in life. And um, you, you want to live by that standard, eh, that grace is known for this, Eunice is known for this, Proverbs is known for this. And uh, in the kingdom standards, we shall be seeing that there are aspects as believers that we should be able to run by. And uh, this kingdom is not only beginning in John 18:36. We see multiple scriptures way behind from Daniel. Uh, it tells us that uh, I think Daniel 7:14. Let me go there. Daniel 7:14. Daniel 7:14. Yes. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Hallelujah that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. This is Daniel speaking way back. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Hallelujah. I am part of that dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Christians, I challenge us to be part of this kingdom, and we shall be seeing how. And in this kingdom, the judge is not judging according to the flesh, and he doesn't judge anyone. You know, but he said the kingdom comes. So also in Matthew we see Jesus talking about uh, the kingdom of God and what it means. And um, I tend to deduct that uh, as Christians, uh, the kingdom of God to me could mean uh, a society where God is ruler, is in charge of everything, is king of kings, is everybody. Um, it is the place where death is overcome, certainly. We see this even post-Jesus, those of Paul and Peter performing miracles, even Jesus himself raising the, the dead. Um, and I also see it as a place where diseases, ailments, illnesses, infirmities of every nature are cured, not just cured, but healed in wholeness by the blood of the Son Jesus Christ. And um, it's also a place where evil spirits are overcome. Yes, in prayer, in contention. The scripture told us that our battles are not against flesh and blood, but against the powers. So we have seen spirits being moved, even in our midst in, in cathedral here. There's a time we had an overnight, and uh, it was my first manifestation in, in, in church to see our spirits live. At, at some point in time, I used to think, oh, this doesn't happen. Um, but I thank God I came to witness that in this kingdom. Um, I also think it's a place where people find a home and a shelter in difficult times, needless to mention, in good times too. So, and uh, this is the kingdom that Christ is referring to. The parables teach us that the kingdom of God is a mystery and in, the, and in its present, uh, lives all those who believe. People respond to these messages differently, um, but what I confirm is that it begins with Jesus' words and teachings. If we ingrain ourselves in listening to Christ, in listening to his word, in reading his word, he, in there he's teaching us about this kingdom come. He's teaching us about the values that will come through this kingdom. 
the kingdom starts small as an individual, me and you, and it increases slowly to include the whole society. The, the, this kingdom begins with words, you know, and teachings from Christ our Savior, you know, and uh, individually as we engage, we engage in, this, in this word, as we in our families, in our pause, we say the values are principles that we walk by, then we are able to impact on others. So the, the kingdom of God is not just a present one but also a future a future reward so and um uh, we will be seeing some uh, characteristics over there about the kingdom but i'll go to what i've taken as these principles and um the values that the the, the child of god who is calling themselves child of god they have gotten born again they are saved uh, what we should hold dear in the kingdom there's the conduct that we must have that is a representation of what the kingdom expects of us. Um, now, uh, uh, the first uh, value that I could uh, put up is that uh, as humans, we, we value recognition and praise. Very dangerous. The kingdom of God does not require a man to lift himself in the space of God. Some of us only function well when we are recognized and praised. Even so, some of us pretend or tend to, you know, shrivel and die emotionally, you know, functionally, when there's absence of recognition, when people are not talking about you, not saying, oh, he did this, he did the other, not praising you. We tend to, you know, shrivel. We tend to lose hope. We tend to lose our confidence. But Jesus called calls each one of us beyond this superior value. The value of hidden good deeds. When you do something, scripture says the left should not know what the right has done, which although not seen by men, although gaining for us, even if it benefits me materially, functionally, okay, uh, even though it does not give a praise or recognition for men, or something more significant, recognition by our Heavenly Father and the honor and the joy of doing something good for His glory lies on the good deed that we do in the kingdom internally without seeking praise. In the lifestyle and the values of the kingdom, we are expected to do work, to do praise, to do outreach, for purposes of the community, but not to seek praise for the community. As we reflect on this one, I think Matthew 6, 1 to 4 and, and the like, uh, there we pick uh, elements like, uh, you know, what Jesus tells us to do and why to do such. Uh, are there such good alternatives that we can point out in order to avoid safe appraisal? Um, I mean, what will happen to us when we embrace this value? What will happen to God? And uh, you notice that the prayer made in secret availeth much. This is one of the values that we must hold dear to ourselves and live by. So we have hidden spirituality. Um, and uh, here I would love to uh, address this, you know, with a, with a, with a thought of fasting too. Um, 
But what Jesus said in relation to doing good deeds and in order to get praise and recognition, he also applies to other spiritual actions. Specifically to prayer, the most personal expression of spirituality is when we enter prayer. The purpose of prayer, I deduct, is that prayer is not to gain the praise of men, no, or to gain any repetition of being spiritual in any way. Sometimes we want to pray and raise our voices. Sometimes we want to pray and speak like we know best, we use the best words, we use the, you know, those pompous, loud prayers and, you know, but rather the purpose of prayer, indeed, I think its whole significance is communion with our Heavenly Father. Jesus emphasized this. He even separated himself many times from his um, uh, disciples in a way of teaching them the conduct of this value. Jesus emphasized the superior value of this unseen prayer that nobody even knows is occurring. Remember, the scripture says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be explained. In that quietness, there's a marvel inside there that one feels like they are bath pangs. When you pray, can you exhibit this hidden spirituality? He also emphasized that the value of quiet, confident prayer that trusts him as the Heavenly Father. When you pray, um, our motive for praying, and in the way we pray, we should not be seen by men to show off. Our manner, of, our manner in praying should not reflect the long and repetitious prayer for pagans who do not have an omniscient with God. And we see this in Matthew 6, 7, and 8. So as we conduct ourselves, what values do we hold dear? Do we go to show off that, oh, yes, we have the kingdom now. Let's step on, on others. Let's do what? No, 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 no. Can we exhibit a hidden spirituality? There are some priorities in prayer, another value. When Jesus instructed his disciples on how to pray, we are very familiar with a, with a scripture on prayer. Uh, he did not further discuss the practicalities of where or when or in what company, but he clearly outlined the boundaries of a legitimate prayer. And by that outline, he taught us what our principles and concerns should be. And uh, these are not anywhere hidden. Um, you notice that in prayer, uh, the, the Lord told us that, uh, I think that is, I think, Matthew, hallowed be your name. Our concern here is that when we are praying, our value should be um, in concern for God's name. Hallowed be your name. You see this in Exodus 9. Um, we see Psalm 22 also speaking about the same thing. When you pray, you are supposed to be um, exalting his name. Here, we, we also see Jesus giving them a script where, again, he says, your kingdom come. So our concern here is, is for God's kingdom. And this is so eloquent in the whole of New Testament, Matthew 6, in Colossians 1.13, in Daniel 7.18, all these are talking about the concern for kingdom. Next is that we also learn from this prayer that God tells us, your will be done on earth. So we have a concern here now for God's will as a value. When we pray, it's only after these three 
old concerns, the concern for God's name, the concern for God's kingdom, the concern for God's will, and focus on things relating to God's name. That God's kingdom and God's will, that Jesus gives us a permission and direction to pray for ourselves. If you follow the Lord's prayer, it's only after you see that God is telling us to go down. So in essence, the value in the kingdom is to place more emphasis on Christ. Press more emphasis on God's kingdom. Press more emphasis on God's will. Press more emphasis on God's name. Can we have this selfless kind of approach, selfless kind of value? I would notice prayer went into other uh, self elements when we have uh, when we have uh, recognized the, the 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 first three. So prayer relating to our spiritual needs is very important so that we can receive forgiveness and also a prayer of protection so that we can rescue ourselves from the evil one is quite important. It's one of the other values under prayer. So the other is uh, uh, forgiveness. We find forgiveness as one of those values in the kingdom. Um, in Matthew 6, 14, 15, Jesus uh, added uh, you know, a statement that as we forgive in the Lord's Prayer, our forgiveness of others will not be the focus of later of, of later discussion here. But so, but we we need we need to we need to understand that. Without forgiveness, we cannot approach uh, the throne of God. Yesterday, uh, Provost was preaching and, and, and about the, the brother of Jesus, take some other two. When it's be like four levels of attempts, actually, this, the last one is that you take him to the scribes and to the taxman. So the kingdom requires this as a characteristic and as a trait that as we live in this kingdom, we must have a spirit of forgiveness. We must have a heart of forgiveness. And it is also seen in this script that the Lord gave us in his prayer. Then next is that uh, we have, uh, uh, we expected to seek penitence, seek confession, seek fasting. Now, earlier we saw that spirituality, spirituality that God approves is a God-focused spirituality, not a, a self-focused spirituality. The kind that doesn't front itself before men to gain the praise of recognition but is the expression of a genuine private and personal relationship with god and concern for his glory we expected to practice penitence confession how do we do this fasting here is an unavoidable um, trait and it is a character a characteristic in the kingdom of god in the past or even presently uh, fasting is associated with uh, repentance and confession. It is also associated with expression of helplessness. Sometimes I think we've seen judges, Esther, how the past um, uh, conduct of fasting was. Uh, and, uh, fasting accompanied by prayer, but yes, matters. Uh, and, and in all the above, is a form of prayer, or accompanied by prayer, 
uh, human desperation on school fees. It is a real function. In, in its real function, um, uh, it is humble. It is penitent. It is confessional to God for him to offer mercy to us. But in our human selflessness, sometimes we turn into uh, religious rituals by which we seek the approval from God. So this is not as a, an expectation. As we reflect on this, we need to describe the boundaries Jesus put around uh, fasting. Okay? Jesus describes um, uh, the radical identity is, uh, as one where we should identify with Christ in fasting as a separation of oneself, as a separation of oneself from the present, from the current world, from the trials, from the tribulations, from the worries and the demands that we have here, that we may be able to focus on Christ. People who live in the kingdom, people who hope to live in the kingdom, people who hope to live in the kingdom should be ready to enjoy the and take this as a value. You seek forgiveness every time you are. Then uh, they're talking about treasures. The other one is treasures. Treasures, um, if I should say belongings or what we love most. I mean, some people work most to get materials, some people work most to get friends, some people work most. To work. So, um, uh, and uh, Jesus says, do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break and steal. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven. No one can serve two masters. Hallelujah. It seems, you know, on the surface that Jesus is moving to a different topic of possessions and what when he's preaching here. But in the same time, I see a summary that is just taught on spirituality that is practiced and not to be seen by men to gain instant recognition or praise, but to be seen by God. What do we treasure? What do we value? This is the question that Christ is always answering for us. Hallelujah. We need to reflect in what these phrases mean us. Mean, mean to us. Okay, what are the treasures on earth? What are the treasures in heaven? Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Scripture has told us that no one can serve two masters. In this kingdom values, it is quite clear that if we focus ourselves on earthen vessels, if we focus ourselves on earthly treasures, possessions, belongings, if we uh, focus ourselves on what is good for us physically, we are only being um, masters. We are, we are serving masters of this world. We are serving the pilots. We are serving our bodies. We should not do this at the expense of our actual treasure, which lies in heaven. By this image of earthly wealth and its, uh, and its uh, likings, Jesus is pinpointing uh, the uncertainty of material riches, but also human presence recognition. 
So to value either, to have our hearts fixed on either is a false game, I think. We must have a clear-cut direction in the kingdom that we shall focus on the things of heaven. Scripture says everything else will be added unto you. More importantly, to value or treasure other things darkens our focus, actually, placing us in a more impossible state in which we are living contrary to the real identity we have in Christ. Jesus Christ has not made us his disciples that we may be praised by men. No. Also, uh, I think that we might have earthly wealth. No. He made us his disciples to restore us as a right relationship with God in which God is honored and glorified. Hallelujah. If human praise comes our way, if other riches come our way, they are never to be our focus or our goal. They are not what we should value, brethren. They are not what we should value. The greatest treasure, the thing of ultimate value, must always, must always be God and his glory. We must focus on attaining a place in his kingdom. Scripture has told us that therefore Jesus was perceived, that is John 6, 15, that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. He departed again in the mountain by himself alone. He went again, separated himself for prayer. Number two, his kingdom had not come. His time for death had not come. So here we are supposed to equally in the values we've talked about, separate ourselves. He said to us that, he said to us in his word, um, actually it comes through Daniel, this is Daniel's promise. And in the days of these kings, the, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. If the kingdom shall never be destroyed, how have I placed myself as his servant, as his child, as his disciple in the kingdom? He said shall not be left to other people. How ready am I? Am I fastened in prayer? Am I fastened in fasting? Do I seek my own appraisal? When I go to pray, do I have him as the subject matter of prayer? Or I take myself? Friends, we must remember that our faith is important. The scripture says, if it is as it as a mustard seed, you count on that mustard seed to multiply for the rest. The kingdom of God is of such simplicity as of a child. And I think Proverbs did on this one yesterday. Uh, it belongs to those who suffer. So there's no cherry all the time on the cake or there's no chocolate on the cake. No, we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling, to partake of these values, to partake of this kingdom of God. We must love God and love our neighbors. Love God and love your neighbor. I mean, those is it, the scriptures say love God or love your neighbor. Those two go hand in hand. We can't love God. And then we say, no, no, no. This beggar doesn't deserve my 1,000 shillings. I actually find problems most times with that. When you love God, you must love your neighbor too. 
though Paul tells us later, try as much as possible to live at peace with everyone. We know it is hard, but there's a commandment that will act as a value in the kingdom of God. Love God and love your neighbor. Show, show your love to your neighbors through prayer, through visitations to them, through, you know, giving. The kingdom of God requires such honesty and truth. And we see this demonstration in so many ways. I mean, Jesus challenged Peter, do you love me? Peter was all swearing and saying all sorts of things. And uh, he was assured that, hey, boss, before the cock crows three times, you'll have forgotten about me. Christ desires honesty. Christ desires truth in this kingdom. Humility, I mean, I've hinted on that quite severely. Humility is a state where you will enter, nobody can tell what else is about you. This is how I define humility. You know, some people want grand interests. What is humility? Be humble in the way we conduct ourselves, even if we know or we don't know. Be humble in our prayer. Be humble in our families. Be humble amongst our other brethren. Friends, we must fight the spirits of truth. We must fight the spirit of... Uh, Boasting. I mean, in humility, there's attainments of this kingdom. In boasting, we are only but for this world. Do you take joy in others' achievements? We've had people in, in, in workplaces. I have experienced one before where um, I think uh, two or two years back, uh, I was given a particular project and then one person I think expected to run the project. I, the guy hated me. Do you get joy when others achieve or you pick hate? Friends, the kingdom of God has been defined as such as where there is humility. The kingdom of God has been defined as such as where you love God and you love your neighbor. So you should be able to pick joy in these achievements of your friends. Wealth and ambition, how do we think about that? We talked about treasures and the like. Where do you store your treasures? Where do you store your treasures? We need to spend some time with God. You know, meditating each day as we do to seek his counsel and guidance, you know, in achieving faith, in achieving this kind of simplicity and humility that is required of us. We need to pray that our hearts would begin to shift so that we no longer desire things of this earth, but we desire the things of God, that God's will becomes our desire. We need to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do if he were in my situation? What would he be concerned about in my situation? Is he concerned about his, his creator, God? Is he concerned about his kingdom? Is he concerned about his will? Or what would be his perspective in every situation that comes up, in our children, in our families, in our husbands, in our wives? The kingdom of God comes to change our daily routine. How we conduct ourselves, how we spend how we treat others, how uh, we put our families uh, first in the kingdom of God.
how we strengthen each other. So I pray that we'll be able to listen in into these priorities. Mention, I'll repeat them again. Our prayer time, our prayer time must be such as that which is concerned, which has a concern for God, a concern for God's kingdom, and a concern for his will. And then other things follow later. You notice that in the Lord's Prayer, everything else comes after these three. We must be seen to hide ourselves, hide ourselves in penitence, in confession, and in fasting. And we don't fast like the ones of the world. Oh, I'm fasting. You go put sand on your face. No, 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 no. We fast in separation. Well, we express our genuine, private, and personal relationship with God and the concern for His glory. In fasting, you open up yourself to Christ and He does everything else. Hallelujah. Next is that, you know, we, we, we should know what our, what our treasures are. Instead of keeping treasures, being advised to keep spiritual treasures, be able to win. You are awesome. You are a Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. There's no one like you. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for coming, O King of Kings, and giving us a revelation and a test of how it will be in your kingdom, Lord of Lords. We thank you for when you lived amongst us, O King of Kings, we learned, we saw through the apostles, through the disciples, what you were able to do. And you told us, as I live, I live with the, leave you with the Holy you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, King of Kings, filled with the Holy Spirit, that we may be able to worship you, not only in truth, but also in spirit, my Lord and Savior. I pray that you continue to increase our faith, increase our faith in your word, Increase our faith in your promises. Increase our faith in whatever you have said in your word, O King of Kings. Increase our faith, O Lord and Savior. Even when times look bad, even when we look broken, King of Kings, even when we are in luck, I ask that you shall increase our faith in only depending on you, my Lord and Savior. I pray, King of Kings, that you give us simplicity like that of a child, my Savior. I pray that we shall not yearn for things anyhow, King of Kings, but we shall come to your grace. We shall come to your embrace, my Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord and God, that you teach us how to love God and how to love you, King of Kings, and how to embrace our neighbors. Teach us how to be there for them, O Lord and Savior. I pray in the name of Jesus that you teach us how to be honest. You teach us truth. Father, you will teach us how to stop the, the spirit of lying. King of kings, I ask that you separate us from the spirit of lies, O oh Lord and Savior, Father. 
I ask that the tongue that we have, O oh God, will be used, O oh God, to speak only of your goodness. Father, I ask that you separate us from the enemy in this core as far as the West is from the East, my Lord and Savior. I pray that the spirit of truth will be our portion. I pray that the spirit of honesty will be our portion. Father, honesty in our families, honesty in our relationships, honesty in our affairs, the King of Kings, honesty in our workplaces, Father. I pray that this will be our portion, my Lord and Savior. I ask that, O oh God, we shall take joy. We shall take joy in everything that we do. We shall take joy in others' achievements, O King of Kings. Father, take away the spirit of hate from us in the name of Jesus, that we may be able to attain your kingdom, O Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that humility will enclose us, that humility will be our portion each day of our lives, that we shall pray and learn how to listen to your word, O King of Kings. And Father, that we shall not boast in anything, but if we must, we shall boast only in you, my Lord and Savior. I pray, King of Kings, that we shall be able to live in this society that you've taught us, that it's a society where only you rule, O King of Kings, Father, where we have presented other gods in our families in form of money, in form of witchcraft, in form of possessions, in form of orgies. King of Kings, I pray that you forgive us, King of Kings, that you come and indwell our hearts, come and indwell our physical dwellings, come and indwell everything that we own, that you alone are the master, you alone are the King of Kings, you alone are above every ruler, King of Kings, you are supreme like the scripture tells us, O Lord and Savior. I pray that we shall indwell in this kingdom where you told us that death is overcome, my Lord and Savior. I pray, King of Kings, Father, that no weapon fashioned us against us, so King of Kings, we prosper. No weapon fashioned against our families, our children, our work for you, King of Kings, our journey in growing into knowing you will prosper. My Lord and Savior, I pray for everyone here, the Lord, that every plan they have had, O King of Kings, you bring to fruition, O God. Death is not our portion. I ask that healing will come to us in every way, to our parents, to our children, to our friends, to our relatives, Father, everyone who requires your healing, O King of Kings. You will bring to your embrace, my Savior. I ask that we shall be servants. We shall be indwellers of that kingdom where you've taught us to chase every evil king of kings, Father. We contend with everything that contends with us in our work, in our spiritual life, king of kings, Father. We separate ourselves from the work of the enemy. And Lord and Savior, we deter any spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask that you indwell us, O King of Kings. We ask that you indwell us, O Lord of Lords. We ask that you indwell us to overcome every power. We know, yes, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Father, we ask that you break every chain. You break every bondage, Father. Every bondage of physical sin in the name of Jesus by our bodies, O God, by our eyes. King of Kings, if our eyes have set sight on impurity. King of Kings, I ask that you forgive us and cleanse them. If our ears have set ear, Father, to the wrong stories, Father, to any that does not conform to your standard, King of Kings, I ask that you forgive us and separate us from us, O King of Kings. Father, I ask that you will forgive us where our hands have pressed sight, O King of Kings, on that. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you sanctify us anoint us and cleanse us from all that iniquity in the name of Jesus. Father, where our feet have set foot on wrong path, where we've ended up going into where we're not supposed to go, Father, in sort of our own physical and earthly treasures. We ask that, O King of Kings, you align your footsteps, Father, like your scripture tells us that the footsteps of the righteous man are ordered according to you, King of Kings. I ask that you 
cause the reversal I cause the reversal in the name of Jesus, the 180 left king of kings, which is wrong. Father, you give one to the path of righteousness, Father. Cause everyone to the path of forgiveness. Cause everyone to the path of prayer. Cause everyone to the path of fasting in the name of Jesus that we'll be able to indwell, Father, this place you've opted for us, Father. I pray that this kingdom, which looks as a mystery to us, O king of kings, Father, which grows secretly in us as we serve you, as we seek you, will come in haste in the name of Jesus, Father. I pray that those who believe you, like those in this platform, O Lord and Savior, will partake of the goodness that comes from the kingdom in the name of Jesus, Father, that the message of the kingdom of God will be our portion. We shall eat and drink and, and, and see and read of it each day that passes, O King of Kings, Father, that as it grows little as a mustard seed in us, O King of Kings, Father, you shall grow it, Father. If it be a tree, King of Kings, Father, may you spread the branches everywhere that people who shall see, people shall see your goodness, people shall see your love, people shall see your greatness in us, even as we speak to you, King of Kings, Father. I ask that you take away all sorts of boasting and cause humility. I ask that you take away all sorts of self-appraise, O King of Kings, and you cause humility. I ask that you take away all sorts of love for us and you bring us into love for your kingdom, O King of Kings, Father. I ask that you teach us how to have concern for your word, have concern for you, and have concern for your will, Father. Where we've done any other's will, O King of Kings, I pray that you cause us to love you, that you cause us to come back to the path of righteousness. I give you glory, King of Kings, because you listen to our prayer. I give you glory, King of Kings, because you listen to our appeal, King of Kings. I give you glory, Lord and Savior, because of your blood that you shed at the cross of Calvary, which cleanses us, O oh God, and gives us readiness to partake of this kingdom. Father, as we wait upon the creation tells us, O oh King of Kings, the new Jerusalem, it will find us pure in the name of Jesus. It will find us anointed in the name of of Jesus, it will find us holy in the name of Jesus, it will find us righteous in the name of Jesus, King of Kings. Not our own self-righteousness, no, but your own righteousness, my Lord and Savior, Father. That if we do any work, we do it for your good. That we do any work, Father, we do it for your will, shareable, cause That we do any kind of living, O King of Kings, Father, it will be to your glory, Father. I ask that you forgive us even now when our thoughts have wandered. I ask that you forgive us even now when our thoughts have gone, hey, well, Father, I ask that every person that is listening to King of Kings, Father, will partake of this, your message. I give you glory. I give you honor for the platform to even speak about you, Lord and Savior. I thank you for every saint at All Saints Cathedral. I ask that Sunday will not be that day when we just come to perform a ritual, like come to sit and warm the pews. No, but to partake of your word and go and grab it and radiate for others, King of Kings. Father, I pray for everyone who serves here. I pray for everyone who loves you. I pray for everyone who is into your work, King of Kings, Father, that you grow them in wisdom and in stature. Yes, fill their hearts with your word. Fill their hearts of God with your anointing that whenever they speak, they speak of your grace. Whenever they speak, they speak of your goodness. I pray in the name of Jesus, O King of Kings, that you cause us to have a yearning to serve you, that in this kingdom we will not be seen as just, you know, angels or security guards or what, but no, but citizens 
Father, citizens are like you, King of Kings. Father, we are partaking, O King of Kings, of this glory. We are partaking of this kingdom, O King of Kings. Father, what tells us you got in heaven to prepare rooms for us? Father, I speak to my room. Father, I speak in the name of Jesus that we will be citizens with you in this kingdom, that whatever you have, O God, we have. So teach us how to plug into this. Teach us how to plug into this King of Kings, Father. Give us the energy to serve you. Give us the valor to serve you. Father, I pray for everybody who serves in this place. I ask give them the energy, the wisdom that they will continue to serve you selfless, your King of Kings, not for self-appraisal or public appraisal, but for your own glory, O Lord and Savior. I give you glory. I give you honor. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing God to use you. We will continue in prayer. We'll give it a few minutes of prayer. And then uh, after we'll invite uh, Reverend to, to give us a blessing and to close us off. Um, the other time I was thinking about the Lord Jesus. And uh, you can think about him. He was a man like us, though he was God. But he lived before I think that 33 years now, when he started ministry. But think about the, the time when the, the, the scripture talks about him in the temple at 12 years, and then now come back to the th 33 years. So the, the period in between there, he grew as a teenager, he went into youth, and then he now is starting to grow into an adult. But think about him. Yet the Bible says that he never sinned. But you can imagine he, he, he was a carpenter. He went hungry. He had issues that would really... Uh, things that affect man. Yeah, and then think about now this, think about you. The, uh, he talked about the kingdom of God starting with us, starting with you. And so if the kingdom of God starts with me, then what values do I have? The other time I was, I was saying, uh, my mouth, I use my mouth to praise the Lord. When I come here on this call, I, I pray, I praise the Lord, I, I worship him, I exalt him. And so this same mouth should not be uh, used to lie, should not be used, to, you know, to, to have uh, uh, hate, the, the heart, because the praise is from the heart. So it, it should not be, there should not be space for hate. There should not be space for unforgiveness. There should not be space for evil thoughts, lust, pride. And then what are the motives? What are our morals? And this is what all the, that, uh, the preacher talked about. So 
let's pray and you know yourself you know as you as you as as the child of, of god as the son as the daughter of the kingdom if our brother who is our lord walked on this earth yet he never um sinned so we can also overcome but you know we, we overcome through the blood of jesus we, we we overcome evil we overcome sin by the blood of jesus and so it is possible so father in heaven we give you thanks we give you adoration we give you thanks for the word that comes to us this evening. Your word refreshes us. Your word is like soap. Your word is like fire. It refines us. And so every time we come back, we come on this call, we are refreshed. So, Father, I pray that you forgive us as the sons of the kingdom. Where we have harbored hate, within our hearts, and for blast, pride, where our morals as sons, as daughters of the kingdom, who are now on earth, where our values, where our ways have not been a true reflection of the values of the kingdom, the kingdom that you established here on earth, which continues eternally, even when we are long gone. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us where we have used the same mouth to come and pray and praise you and give you adoration. And yet we use the same mouth to lie. Forgive us where we have powered our heart with praises, with songs of adoration. And yet there is so much filthiness there is so much unforgiveness. Yes, by grace, you forgave us and saved us and pulled us from the world to make us a people belonging to your kingdom. And yet we don't forgive. Forgive us, Lord. Soften our hearts that from tonight, our hearts shall begin to melt shall begin to melt, to melt, to melt. That we will be able to forgive easily, but we will also be able to let go. We will also be able to go to those that we have hurt and plead for forgiveness, but we will also release those that have hurt us, Lord. Forgive us, my master, where we have used the same heart that gives you adoration to lie. 
to have evil thoughts, to lust, to take so much pride. Yet you, O oh Lord, you were so humble. Even if you, you were a God, you were so humble. You were so humble. When, when the soldiers came to, to attack you, you had all the power to even speak and the thunder consumes them. Even to speak and the, and, 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 and the, and the land opens to swallow them. Yet you remained so quiet. You remained so humble. You never raised your voice. Forgive me, my master, where I have been so hard and lied upon and I burst in anger. Forgive us. At our workplaces, we don't know how to control our anger. We don't know how to, to control ourselves when uh, we, we, we are accused. We don't know how to handle accusation. Yet we are sons of the kingdom. There are many eyes to look upon us. Where well, we have been filled with so much pride because you have gifted us. You have gifted us with wisdom. We are our intellect. You have gifted us with jobs. You have gifted us with treasures of the world, with money, with property, with cars, with land, with homes in the city and up country. And we have been so proud. We have been so full of ourselves. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord where you have lifted so high above our peers. And so instead of being, of remaining humble, because it is by your grace that we are what we are, yet we have been filled with pride. We are full of ourselves. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, O King of glory. Forgive us, Lord. We are reminded that uh, during your time now, the time of ministry, you went out, you ate with sinners. You ate with those people that the world saw as wicked, as lost. Yet you went out and you reached out to them. Forgive us, my master, where we have been closed. We've closed ourselves in our homes, in our bungalows, in our, you know, in those homes that you have given us. We close ourselves in there. We, 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 we move in our cars. We protect us, so protective of our children and of ourselves. We've not gone out to minister to the lost. We have not gone out to minister to, to, the, to the less privileged like we are. Yet we are sons of the kingdom. We are daughters of the kingdom. We are princesses. 
And so the prince, the princes, all to go out and shine and be the light and showcase the splendor of the kingdom and showcase the beauty of the kingdom. Yet we have not been that way. But Father, because you speak to us tonight, and so you are reminding us of how we ought to behave. You're reminding us of how we ought to be. You're reminding us of how we ought to live. In the name of Jesus. Father, forgive us also where we have, uh, we have, we have, there has not been any difference between us and those of the world. Those of us whom we have put in the marketplace. And so when the challenges of the world come, just like anyone, we, 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 we fall in the trap trap of corruption, trap of embezzlement, trap of lie. Even believers paying money for promotion. Even believers sleeping with men for promotion have seen them. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, O King of glory. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us, O oh God. But we thank you for you give us a chance. You give us another chance. That's why you send forth your servants to speak to us of how we ought to behave, how we ought to be. In the name of Jesus, you've told us about humility. Humility is a virtue of the kingdom. Humility, humble, a humble soul, a humble servant. Father, we pray that you, you make us um, humble, you humble us. Yet we'll be filled with wisdom. Yet we'll be filled with power. Yet we will be filled with greatness. Yet we will remain humble. In the name of Jesus. That's how we would attract and believe us to this kingdom. That's where, how we will attract those that have not known this kingdom to come and join this kingdom by seeing our values, by seeing our, our, our principles by seeing how we behave, how, how we live in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, you say the kingdom begins with us. And then, us as an individual, you give us families, you give us spouses, you give us husbands, you give us wives, and you give us children. And so help us to, to pass on the values of the kingdom to the children. That we will teach our children 
your children, the ones you have entrusted to us as stewards to raise them for you, that we will teach them your word, that we will join them, we will join together with them on these meetings to learn, that we will sit down and teach them your word, that we will return home early and, and, and teach them to walk, that we will teach them to, to, to worship you, to honor you, God. In the name of Jesus. That once our children go out, that the other children will be attracted to know them and be like them, to be drawn to this kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that our meeting, that data that we spend on this call shall not be in vain. But instead, we will be trained to be sons and daughters of the kingdom. That instead, we'll be a people that has been trained to leave the valleys of the kingdom. Father, we struggle, but we pray that you will guide us. You send forth your Holy Spirit to guide us, to direct us, to, 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 to purify us, to wash us on a daily until you perfect us, Lord. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you adoration. Father, teach us to be concerned with your kingdom. To be concerned with the name, with your name. To be concerned with your, help us, Lord, to, to know your will for us. Why is, it, why, why is it that we log in daily? What is it, Lord, that you want us to do? What is it that you want to make us, make of us? That is your will. We pray, O oh God, that your will shall be done in our lives. We pray that we will know your will for us and we, what we ought to do to, to be in this kingdom, that we will know our responsibility as the sons and daughters of the kingdom here on earth. So help us, Lord, to know that. Reveal to us, Lord, our purposes. Log in every lunchtime. Why do we log in every evening? Why? Lord, help us reveal yourself to us that we shall be true sons of the kingdom. And once we have matured, you will send us out to teach others to preach your gospel. In the morning, we are learning the gospel is not about words mere words, but it's about the values that we, we, we have, the values, what is it that we value, what is it that we treasure, what is it that, 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 we, that is within us in our hearts, that we ponder about, that we, what is it that we give out in the society, the values of the kingdom. Continue to refresh us, Lord. Continue to, 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 
you know, to purge us, continue to perfect us, oh God, to be the true sons of the kingdom, the true sons of the kingdom, true sons of the kingdom. Father, the true, the son of the kingdom, the earthly kingdom, once they are matured, they are given responsibility and eventually they take on the kingdom once the elders have passed on. So, Father, we are sons and daughters of your kingdom. Train us, Lord. Groom us, Lord. Purge us, Lord. And once we have matured, give us responsibility in this, your kingdom, here on earth. Send us out. Others as preachers of the gospel, others as missionaries, others as leaders of the departments, others as presidents, as ministers, others as parliamentarians, others as teachers. We sit at your feet as sons of the kingdom. Train us, Lord. Purge us, Lord. Our character. Train us. Purge us with our character, our attitude. Purge us, Lord, to be true sons of the kingdom. And once we have matured, release us. Open doors for us, Lord, that we'll be your ambassadors, O God, to expand your kingdom to the marketplace, to expand your kingdom to areas that have not heard your gospel and reached areas. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you adoration. Thank you for loving us. Because you love us, you teach us. Because you love us, you send forth your servants to speak to us, to realign us. Because you love us, Lord. So take all the glory. Take all the honor. Take all the praise. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I have prayed. Amen. 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 Amen.